a little bit of trouble finding topics and really getting the ball rolling with like making these documentaries in a, in a potentially financially uh, profitable way. <laughs> right. So um, he heard that I was in the cannabis industry and I had some other cannabis projects that I wanted to do that were related to the medical cannabis part of uh, the community. And so he said, let's do it. We started, my first three projects were cannabis and cancer, about cannabis and cancer, and then cannabis and your doctor. They're all just kind of medical themed uh, documentaries. Specifically, Cannabis Versus Cancer gives you kind of a, a, a recipe on how to fight this with cannabis. One of the things I noticed in a lot of the other uh, projects is they never tell you that. They're always like, hey, good news. Cannabis can help you with this problem or with that problem. They don't get into specifically how you're supposed to use it. So we wanted to do that. We were able to do that. And we uh, did the other about cannabis and cancer. And that there were some cancer-related stories, but there were also other medical-related stories where one of the people is using it for her husband who has dementia. And it's extremely effective in helping this person. That was so polar. You would think, oh, this person has like mental problems of like brain trouble. Cannabis is not going to make it <laughs> clear, you know? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, that that all worked out really good. And then from there, he started telling me other topics that were popular that could be financially uh, profitable. And I'm into all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, we saw aliens and Bigfoot. I mean, I know. so you're in, because <laughs> we were yeah, going to ask you, how do, you know, where do you come, are, are these passion projects as well? <laughs> they, they definitely are passion projects, right? But we're kind of trying to steer them in the way that they could be profitable projects mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. So we went directly from cannabis and cancer, very serious, you know, <laughs> art wrenching stories to Bigfoot. And then... <laughs> <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and then from there, we, we kind of came back around where I've right. done um, like martial arts and, and it's like got this really tragic bullying story involved with it. Uh -huh. Mindfulness where you're like really trying to help people that are, are having a problem with depression and right. anxiety, all kinds of things, you know, mm -hmm. but Bigfoot and aliens, I'm, I'm into it. You know, I grew up watching all the shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a little frustrating though, because when you watch like Finding Bigfoot, they never actually find Bigfoot. It's it's a little frustrating. That's, <laughs> that's kind of where we came at it. Mm -hmm. like, our perspective was, I watch all these shows, and watching the shows, you're kind of like, okay, fact checking. Like this seems <laughs> like it could be real. This seems like it's a storyline. Uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're always like, here's here's a Bigfoot turd, right? And it just winds up being a bear turd or whatever anyway. You know? It's like, yes. come on. And, and quite often it's misrepresented where they'll be like, we found this hair and it's from an undiscovered species. <laughs> right. And you do the research, you kind of feel, oh no, it ended up being a bear. Yeah. So a lot of it is just kind of like trying to go through all this evidence and see what's mm -hmm. real evidence and what's like right. nonsense evidence. Right. And a lot of it is real. Mm -hmm. So that's the part where you're like, oh, yeah, I guess they did discover a hobbit-sized person that was a mythical story, and we have those fossils, and okay. that's a real thing. 
then there's a, oh, we're starting to find out there's a, the, the Denisovians, I believe it was. And that's like a, not a Neanderthal, not a human, something else that was <laughs> around at that time. So, uh, and the other thing that I thought was really profound was I had no idea how many things are newly discovered every year. I thought going into it, I'm like, yeah, sure. Sometimes I'm sure they find an animal, like maybe mm -hmm. once every few years or something like that. No, thousands every year. <laughs> it's crazy. So the chances are, are pretty high. And then you have people like Jane Goodall, who's like, mm -hmm. it, it's pretty likely, you know? <laughs> uh, those, those are the kind of things, that's the kind of evidence I like. The evidence right. where you kind of got something there, and it seems likely the Native Americans had hundreds of names for Bigfoot, and so, uh, yeah. But like you talk about, so you talk about your your partner that you're working with now, um, and you know he was having trouble with tapas and stuff. And we're really big into storytelling here, and obviously doing what you do, you know, storytelling is important because you're taking this story and trying to make it like visually entertaining, right? I mean, so like, we're just storytelling come into that and like how did you kind of mesh the the two of you together to get that storytelling going sure sure so he has a long history in the world of filmmaking he's 25 years he worked for fox as an editor like fox television so he is very talented at editing and the post-production work he does all of it um what i do now he kind of taught me also like so originally we were doing these shoots together, but I now do all the uh, camera work. I set up the camera, I set up the sound, I set up the lighting, I do all the interviews, write all the questions, I promote the most part line up all the interviewees. So I do the large majority of the actual, like um, the bulk that we use to make the film, but he is the real artist in my opinion like you said, storytelling is, is a difficult thing. And sometimes I'm doing these interviews and I'm just really a thorough interviewer and I'm curious. I'm able to get people to say a lot of stuff that I want them to say and in, in ways that uh, will be useful for the, the story. And uh, I'm also honest. I want to know both sides. If somebody says something that I agree with, great. But I also ask questions that maybe... I wouldn't agree with their perspective. So I just kind of present to him this palette of all these different colors, right? And he's the painter and he just kind of paints this beautiful picture out of the whole thing. And sometimes I've watched the raw material and they're like, I don't know. And even he's <laughs> yeah, this is not working. And then all of a sudden, like we just released a pro wrestling, a female pro wrestling documentary. Mm -hmm. And for a few weeks there, it was not looking good. He was very like concerned that he couldn't make some sort of good story out of this, that it wasn't going to be great. And then eventually I got like this rough from him and uh, it, well, he wasn't happy with it, but it was like a little bulkier than it could be. And I watched it and I thought it was great because I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started to point out the things that I liked, the things that I thought were really good. And then bam, this documentary that we finished, I think is one of our best. So it's funny how that kind of turns around. And even some of our most financially successful projects, in the end, he presents the project to me. I'm, I watch it, I'm like, yeah, I think it's good. You know, we'll see what happens. And then all of a sudden that one turns out to be really 
the it's and it's all that weird stuff that does the best. <laughs> the big butt. <laughs> but the aliens. Right. So you mentioned you mentioned wrestling, you mentioned martial arts, Belin. Or are, are either one of you guys a martial artist? Just curious. So I I uh, <laughs> uh going further back in my story. So uh -huh. kind of to go really deep before I did filmmaking, before I was in the cannabis industry, I was a fan of mixed martial arts, UFC. It wasn't even called mixed martial arts then. It was just yeah. UFC, right? Or no holds barred a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, when I was into it, it was right before it got banned from television and the whole thing. And right. so I lost track of it for a while. And then I met a friend who was training and he was doing jujitsu and he was like, yeah. he, he, he came and told me, he's like, I'm going to do fights. I'm going to, I'm going to be a kid fighter. I, I thought it was crazy at that time. And so I, uh, I slowly started watching shows with him again. And he was showing me uh -huh. stuff from Japan and uh -huh. I got just so into it. I became fascinated. I looked it up. I, I got a lot of knowledge in comparison to a lot of the people. And the websites were fairly new in, in some of the cases. So one of the websites contacted me. Uh, they put out a thing actually and said, we're looking for writers. I contacted them. I'd always done well in English class. And so they said, yeah, sure, write us some stuff. I wrote them. And then they were like, yep, you're hired. So weekly, I was writing for these MMA websites. And I, I wrote for MMA Weekly. I wrote for SureDog. I wrote for MMA.TV. So those are all the big ones now. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, and I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. That's why I asked. When uh -huh. you... <laughs> okay. who, who are you under? Who's your, who's your... Uh, Grandmaster Mansoor, who he's a ninth degree red belt, and he got his red belt from Helios Gracie. He awesome. Is, he, I, if, if I recall correctly, he is the only person not in the Gracie family to get his red belt from wow. Helios. Wow. Yeah, so he's... What an achievement. Yeah. Yes. So knowing Helio and rolling with him, even if you're... You know? Yeah, wow. yeah. So, so, so I'm basically Helio Grant. Like my lineage is here. Helio Grandmaster Monsoor than me because I have my black belt from Grandmaster Monsoor, who's in Brazil. So right, right. So that's awesome. And and yeah. so like I eventually I was uh, Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu. My teacher was okay. Ray Bravo. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rogan was in my class. You know? yeah, that's awesome. So I, I had uh, done some stuff throughout the years, and I I did some uh, Muay Thai training. Mm -hmm. um, I did some MMA circuit training with uh, Toby Greer, if you, if you know who mm -hmm. that is. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, martial arts is a thing that I love. And uh, I got the opportunity to kind of do a story on one of my friends who was a martial artist. And uh -huh. through that, we kind of got other stories. And it became more than just a martial arts movie. You know, it, right. when you watch it, the stories are more about how martial arts help them overcome these huge difficulties in their life that were just totally unrelated to like um being a professional fighter you know mm -hmm. so uh the one bullying story is really important because this this girl she was like a, a track star did basketball and things like that and she got attacked by these like uh, eight other girls mm -hmm. and jumped you know and it was a racially motivated thing it was terrible and and like similar races you know like so like really really a terrible story and she was traumatized for a long time from that and then eventually she overcome it through like first um 
think it was pro wrestling that she got yeah. an acting job doing that. And then she kind of did jujitsu. And from there it was, you know, a healed situation. Now she teaches women and children mm-hmm. uh, jujitsu and, you know, self-defense techniques, Muay Thai and that kind of stuff. This incredible story. So here's what I want to know, because we've spoken to a few. I mean, we it seems like we have a lot of really um, creative people on the show that kind of teach themselves things. Right. We've had, you know, photographers who are self-taught and other you know, people who didn't even you know finish school and they're running these wonderful companies and they're very successful. So. So you're a self-taught producer in a sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so like I watched YouTube videos. And uh, yeah, that's how I've learned basically how to do what I do. And, and of course, I apprenticed, essentially. I had somebody right. who was authentically in the film industry, working for major companies that mm-hmm. knew what they were doing and right. was open-minded enough to, to kind of be honest with me. I'm like, it can be this way. It can be that way. It's better to be this way, but it's not a cut and dry situation. So. So it's almost like, I mean, I guess my question is, what do you think, what do you think the pros and cons are then of the, of your approach, as opposed to going to film school and doing that whole thing? Sure, sure. That's actually a question a lot of people ask me. And and I think that there's huge blessings from doing it the traditional way. Oftentimes I think I need to go and do some classes and learn, you know, more professional stuff like that. So uh, the, the difficulty, though, is you're in the pool with a huge amount of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, opportunities are more difficult to get, you know, and, and you're kind of in a mirror in a situation where you're all kind of looking at each other. But thinking outside the box and a lot of that kind of like freedom, you learn, kind of, it's similar to a lot of other things, you learn kind of to stay within the box. This is how you're supposed to do it go this way if you go outside you're going to fail so people are less willing to try things that are they're taught oh that's incorrect filmmaking you know that's you know not the way that you do it doing it the way i did it also difficult (laughs) (laughs) but uh there is the freedom of being able to just kind of do whatever you want Mm -hmm. and that's independent filmmaking in general you know so when you do start working for these bigger companies and you have this like financial obligation to other people, sometimes they can control your project and they can say, we want it to be this way. A lot of times you'll hear about TV shows where like creating drama in the show. Like this is a fake storyline, do this, do that. So that it's more exciting for the audience. And in independent filmmaking, you don't have to do any of that. You know, Mm -hmm. of course, maybe you won't make as much money that's the, the, the crutch. Like, okay, well, if I don't create this storyline, this fake thing, maybe not as many people will watch it and I won't get as much money. But that is where integrity as a filmmaker comes in and um, artistry, you know, you're still an artist. This is film, but you have a creative process. And so you decide the story that you're going to tell and, and how honest are you going to be about that story. And uh, all of that stuff is really interesting. And, and I think... Uh, for me, I prefer the the potentially harder way of going about doing it from just making your own project and then trying to, to get it in front of the right eyes and then learning all sorts of things that you did wrong along the way. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's how I do things. You know, right. that's I, I learn the hard way. I, I put myself out there. I'll try things. And, and if I fail, I fail, you know. 
and if I succeed, then I, I you know, have this wonderful story. So <laughs> that's awesome. I, I just find that so like I just find it really cool. I, you know, like that people are just getting really more hands-on with like you know doing things. So I, I just found that very fascinating. That's awesome. Yeah, the world we live in now with YouTube and all these different places, it's really given the creative process. A, a window for anyone to do this on an extraordinarily low budget. So children are making stuff and putting right. it out there. Right. And, you know, you, you, you could be a, an old man, somebody that dreamed about this or something, and you can right. make your story. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. So what equipment did you start with? So I use a, a Sony 4K camera, but it's like around $1,500 right now. So you're not a, a terribly expensive thing. The lights, all my equipment, uh, including my lights and microphone and everything, I'd say was less than 5,000, you know, to get everything that I'm uh, working with. Yeah, you see my- Awesome. Hi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to bring our dogs to our show next time. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> I know. But yeah, that's it's easy. And there's a lot of stuff out there that you can use now that's great equipment and, you know, the stuff we're doing with this cheap equipment would be potentially greater than what you're able to do 10, 20 years ago with far more expensive equipment. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. All right. So, so here's, like here's, here's my, and the tools out there too, to edit right. are so much more oh, yeah. accessible now. <laughs> now there's apps. You literally right. have a free thing on your phone you can do. Mm -hmm. Is there anything, well, your partner does a lot of that editing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he does it all with like the traditional, I, I think he uses Pro Tools or one of those, yeah. uh, one of those traditional uh, programs. That's awesome. That's really cool. I think that's really inspirational for people to understand that like you can bring your dream to life, doesn't have to cost a fortune. You know, you can do it perhaps the harder way, but your way, you know, and, and, uh, and I think that's really awesome. So my that's last question. Theatrical stuff too. Like we're making documentaries, which are far yeah. more easy to make than theatrical. But like he was making horror movies for pretty low budgets. Mm -hmm. so. <laughs> I think that's awesome. <laughs> so you've got horror and, and cannabis and, and, and documentary. all together. How do you, you got to find a way to bring those, marry those. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, that's where the and martial arts, yeah. Bigfoot, martial arts. Right, that's where the aliens come in. Come on. <laughs> we just made a Bigfoot and aliens documentary, but it's it's not about Bigfoot or aliens. It's mm -hmm. about the people that study these things that are passionate right. about these subjects. That's a really cool approach. Mm -hmm. Well. Okay, so I, I said I had one question, but I have two last questions. So, sure. of course, we've got to ask, you know, who, who's your favorite director of all time? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, I have a couple weird ones. Um, I'm forgetting who directed the uh, Requiem for a Dream. Mm. That's one of my favorite directors. And then uh, Gaspar No, who's very lesser known. He made a movie called Irreversible and some other movies but those are like my obscure kind of directors that I like and then I like I like James Cameron I like Steven Spielberg I like these guys you know Your traditional guys right <laughs> you know who's the best it's Martin Scorsese I mean these are great 
the the products that they're making are fantastic. I'm just such a big fan of film. I don't know that I even have a favorite movie, you know. So, right. yeah. All right, and lastly, what would you say then are the key qualities of a good story then to bring into film? So, what we look for in a documentary is a personal connection, right? And I tend to focus on adversity. I'm a underdog guy. I like to see people come from the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, face a hurdle and then overcome it and end up in a good place. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of our stories have that, you know, there's some sort of personal human connection where, you know, it might not be the exact thing, but you, you can identify with what the person is going through and kind of the way that they're struggling. And then, uh, you know, you might identify with how they've overcome it, or it might be something that's inspirational to you. There may be a way for you to overcome something that you're troubled with. I think that's important as well. Absolutely. Well, Jeremy, what are you working on right now? What can we check out? What can our... our... Yeah, so we're, we're doing a psychedelic medicine documentary right now. It's almost done. And we have a bullying documentary also. That's kind of very similar to the martial arts one. And um, then I have psychedelics and religion. I'm doing the first Black Comedy Awards. Uh, you know, Got a lot our, of projects coming. Yeah, a lot of projects. So where can we where can we check them out? So usually they're on Amazon Prime or uh, lately Fox has been picking them all up and putting it on their Two uh, B TV app. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Pluto TV, that's CBS's app. They, they put a lot of our stuff out too. But honestly, like wherever you watch streaming stuff, if you put my name in, Jeremy Nori, pretty much all my movies will come up. So like if you're on Amazon, you put my full name into the search, you'll get everything that I make. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We'll put a link in. Uh, we'll actually, we'll fill that out. We'll put a link in the description for you. For sure. Just to get there. So my is good too. That's good. I'll, I will include that as well for everyone. Well, Jeremy, we thank you. Thank you for your work. And that's really inspirational. We, we love what you're doing. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. I appreciate that. Thank you.